You guys can remain standing. If you have your Bible, you can get it ready to be in Revelation chapter 5. Last week, we, we entered into the throne room, this weird and uh, just interesting place, this vision that Jesus leads John into, and we get to be here another week and possibly even next week. But let us pray this together, this that's on the screen now, and then I'm going to go through and read Revelation chapter 5 for us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to be to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in the heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever." And ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. You guys may be seated. Two things in this passage help us make sense of life. This life that we live, this confusing life that we live in, in this confusing world. And those two things are Jesus and music. Without Either one of these, our lives would be a little bit blander. With Jesus in particular, we can live life, but not only just living it like 
barely getting through, but we can live life to the full and we can live life in a way that shows that we are loved and we are loving and that we belong to Jesus. If we remember from last week, we are in the throne room of God here in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. This is a majestic scene that draws all our attention to the throne where God and the Lamb are. The room is full of wonders and glories beyond all imagining and all things. And all wonders and glories pale in comparison to the Creator God who is seated on the throne and the Lamb forever and ever. In chapter 4, we got a clearer picture of a theophany or a picture of God While in chapter 5, it gives us a fuller picture of our Christology and how we see Christ. We get a better picture of Jesus because we see this scene in this throne room. Remember that this throne room is filled with all sorts of sights and sounds that are overwhelming. The loud noises, the emeralds, the lightning, the thunder. We're here in this room. And our eyes are focused on the throne. And that's where we direct our worship. Here and in the time and come in Revelation, we will see this scroll. And, we, and an angel with a loud voice proclaims or says, Who is worthy to open this scroll and break its seals? And we see John here in his reaction that no one in heaven on earth or under the sea or under the earth is able to open the scroll and to look into it. Here, John gives us his feelings on the matters through tears. He wants to see inside the scroll. He wants to look. He's longing to know its contents. If it's in God's hand, it must be good. And he begins to weep because, and weep uncontrollably because he... There is a a real agony that he is feeling because no one is able to reveal the contents that God the Father has in his hands. And then an, an angel says to him, weep no more because Jesus is here. Weep no more because Jesus is here. It is because of him that all things will make sense. This world wouldn't make sense without him, without his love and his forgiveness for us. And neither would, be, neither would the Scriptures make sense without Jesus. We can see the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, the One who is conquered. He alone can open the scroll. He alone can reveal what we long to know and see. And He alone can wipe away our tears. Who is worthy to open, to break the seal or to open the scrolls? This is Jesus, the same one that we talk about every single Sunday, the same one who we celebrate his broken body and his shed blood for us on the cross, the same one who we, we celebrate uh, 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 and during Advent as the one who came to be with us, Christ God incarnate, and he came to walk among us, the one who has shown the full extent of His love for us by coming, by living for us, by dying for us, and by rising again. Now, He is here, and our conquering King is able to open the scrolls that we long to see. But then we can ask ourselves, what are the seals and the scrolls? 
And I, I would say they could be a number of different things, but maybe the secrets of the world, maybe the scriptures. I would suggest that it certainly is the scriptures. What is at the end, but this, what is at the end, but he, it is also he who is at the beginning. It is through him that the mysteries of life start to make sense and the scriptures make sense only through Jesus. All of life is held together by Jesus. And all of Scripture can only be clear when we see it through Him. If we are honest, both life, the life that we live, the world that we live in, and the Scriptures, as we read them, I don't know if you guys about you guys, but when I read through them, I have plenty of questions, and it seems to me odd from at least a literature standpoint. But all of these can start to become clear through Jesus. And as we struggle to figure this out, as we struggle to figure out life in scriptures, there, uh, there is something that helps us. And that is Jesus. We can see the scrolls as many different things. We can see the scrolls as the Bible. Who's worthy to open this and explain this to us? We can see this scroll as the book of life where the names of all the saints from all times are written. Who is able to tell who was on that, in that book, the book of life? So we can see it as the book of life. We can see it as the book of judgment. What judgments are supposed to be there? We can see it as a book of promises. All the promises that God has given to his people. We can see it as that. We can um, also see it as the true meaning of the Old Testament. How can we make sense of all that God has done and all the things that we have seen? And we can even see the scroll here that, is, that the Lamb is worthy to open as the book of the future. We can see it as any one of these things because all of these things can only make sense through Jesus. He is the victory. He is the conqueror. Jesus is able to reveal so much to us because he is the one who conquered. If you notice, the angel announces the Lion of Judah, the Root of David, and then we see a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes. The lion becomes the lamb, or the lion is the lamb. Jesus has endured He is strong enough, and through his weakness on the cross, he is found worthy, and he is conquered. The lion and the lamb show us that Jesus is strong enough, but it also reveals something else about God's kingdom, that strength in God's kingdom, strength can come from weakness, that victory can come out of death, that conquering can come through suffering. Jesus conquered death for us, He conquered punishment for us and judgment, thus saving his people by taking on death, the death that was meant for us through sin, by enduring the punishment that was reserved for sin. And the judgment that is now made over us in light of Jesus is the judgment of love, forgiveness, grace. And because of Jesus, He also says that we too are conquerors through Him. We are made clean and pure and spotless and holy because of the Lamb that was slain. 
Because the lion was vulnerable enough to become the sacrificial lamb. In his book, Reading Revelation Revelation Responsibly, Michael Gorman says, the lamb is the source and the shape of our salvation. I think this is a beautiful picture that is being painted of Jesus here in Revelation chapter 5. He is the source and the shape of our salvation. Our salvation comes from Jesus, from, from Jesus, but we also get to learn his ways, to walk in his ways. Our redemption doesn't come from anything that we might be able to accomplish. And we can say amen to that. Grace means that our rewards that are given from Christ are undeserved, even unmerited. We can't earn grace. I'd suggest that as we learn to give up trying to earn grace and start just simply living for Jesus to the best of our ability, grace becomes more pronounced in our life. However, I believe it's also more confusing. We don't deserve it. It's not something that makes sense that Jesus would just give this to us. He sees us perfectly, and yet he still says grace to you. Believe in me. Follow me. And yet, this grace, even though we can't earn it, is our very motivation. It's a beautiful mystery that only makes sense in the wonder-working life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He alone is able to win this for us because He is the Lion, and He is the Lamb, and He is worthy. All other religions try to earn salvation. And yet, Jesus alone gives it freely to those who simply believe in him, believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. Our victory and redemption, and redemption is simply being purchased from slavery, come from Jesus. Jesus is our light, says this in scripture. Jesus is our way. He is our source and our shape. Jesus created He created the earth and he also created this kingdom of priests through his sacrifice to serve in his kingdom. And we are those priests, all of us who believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter our age, doesn't matter our gender. We are all priests to God. And Jesus made this for us. As we see in Revelation 4 and 5, there is nothing better to offer God our Father and Jesus the Lamb than our worship. Worship can happen all of life, but however, in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, it is seen most prominently here through song, through music. The mu- we can say it this way, the musical score of our life gets to be one of worship. And in life, we can be sure there are a million ways to say worthy without ever singing. There are a million ways to show our love for God, our Father, and Jesus the Lamb who is worthy of it, without ever singing a melody. But in these pictures, we see worshiping as a song. So our life can be lived as a song. We can assume that our life gets to be lived out of this song of praise to God, our Father, and to Jesus, our Lord. Recently, I was talking with my sister-in-law, Kathleen, about music. Now, she is a very good musician. She is a jazz musician. And she was talking about how prayer sounds like jazz. 
It's a call and response. God is the one leading it, and we respond to God. And I have to agree to her with her, but it's much more than that. Worship is the soundtrack for all of our lives. Worship is a music that adds much death, depth, richness, and beauty into everything that we do. And we can think about it in this way. Movies have figured out what music does. A movie without a soundtrack is far a movie with a soundtrack is far better than one without it. Music and the score of a movie can move you in ways that visual movement alone won't be able to do. In fact, movies would be actually difficult to watch without a musical score. They would lose a lot of their flavor. They would lose a lot of their meaning. They would lose a lot of the intensity. And in a lot of ways, movies would lose their meaning without music. And the the music of the priest of God who serve in this kingdom of God is worship. Music can speak to our souls at a deep, deep level. And this is shown here in Revelation 4 and 5. Really, the whole book of Revelation is songs erupt when they see God. When they see God in his fullness, they, everyone around the throne here breaks into a song of God, into a song of worship. And in our picture of the throne room, there are five short songs. All of them are similar, but they, have, and they, but they also have different elements. And worship and singing and song and living and working are all connected in this life of faith that we live. We can't separate them. In Revelation 4, verse 8, we sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then in verse 11, we sing, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So we sing. We sing of the holiness of God. We sing of the almightiness of God. We sing of the worth of God. We sing that he is worthy to receive all glory and honor. We sing worthy because... God is the creator and sustainer of all things. And then as we get into Revelation Revelation chapter 5, we sing some more. We give the same worth, the same holiness to Jesus as well. He is worthy to take the seal, sure. But why? Because we sing of his great sacrifice. It is because of his work on the cross that he is worthy We sing because we are ransomed and others are ransomed as well. It's not just our own personal salvation. It's for those who he's ransomed. And here in this first song of Revelation chapter 5 is the great anti-racist song of our kingdom. Praise be to God. Because we see a fuller picture of what it looks like to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brought up from this world and placed into a separate kingdom where we are priests before God. And we can see here that race doesn't matter. Race, uh, race does matter in a, in a certain sense, but what doesn't fit or jive with this idea of Jesus and worshiping him as a priest is thinking that other people don't matter. Jesus' love is bigger than skin color. Amen? 
His love is bigger than any language barrier, bigger than any cultural traditions that may be there. In fact, we are not complete. We, Grace and Mercy Church, is not complete without every tribe, language, people, and nation. Jesus' tribe of priests is the most diverse collection of people we have ever seen. And when we come and follow Jesus, we lay down our prejudices. We learn to lay down our nationalistic tendencies or our tribal tendencies. We set aside our culture because we are part of a new kingdom. And as we get introduced to this new kingdom, we see that we are not the only priest here. Our ways of worshiping God are not the only ways. Our culture is not the best culture. It is just only one amongst many cultures, all worshiping the same king for the same reasons. And I love this because this is not a colorblind kingdom. It's not a colorblind kingdom, but a kingdom that sees all the differences and how they all point to Jesus in worship of him. When we enter into this kingdom, we set aside our culture in favor for this new kingdom's culture. We set aside our nation and we follow this new king in his kingdom. Recently, Mo and I were reading a, a memoir of a Cambodian pastor who's most certainly not American. There's nothing American about him. He was not raised in the West. He doesn't have Western thoughts or ideas. Many of his ideas feel very Eastern as you read them. But I was amazed at how I could relate to this Cambodian pastor as he lived out a life of godliness and was trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. How many elements of faith were the, in our faith walks were the same? He had to, in a sense, set aside his country of origin to worship Jesus, as do you and I. He also found that there are many traditions in the style in which they live that could be reshaped and repurposed for Christ in a beautiful way. It's as if the things that God wove into Cambodian past culture that are uniquely set up to reflect Christ in a beautiful way. Same thing with our culture. Same thing with tribal cultures all over this world. They are uniquely set up. And as I've, I've read missionary tales over and over and over again, I've seen that cultures from their very foundations have built into them the beauty of Christ. And once they see that Christ is worthy, they can see these elements come out in a worshipful way. And I pray that we may be able to see them in a worshipful way as well. That we may strive to see them, these worshipful ways, not only in other cultures, but in our culture as well, so that we can come together and be unified and sing this song, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God. And they shall sing or they shall reign on earth. May that be so. Another song that sings that Jesus is worthy because he was slain. His death is celebrated in song. And I love this because 
even though we may not do this with singing, each week we celebrate Jesus' broken body in his shed blood. That is celebrated in Revelation chapter 5 as well. And as we take communion every week, as we gather together and taking communion, in a way, we are singing of God and his goodness because of his broken body and his shed blood for us. And we also see that Jesus is worthy. He's worthy to receive these things. Power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. All of this comes through his sacrifice. And Jesus, in his grace, gives us these gifts to us as he sees fit. But we worship Jesus for all these things. We will get into it a bit more next week. But it is important to see that life is lived out of a song for so much that Jesus is and does in our life. The last song that we see here says this, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Heaven may be eternal singing. I don't know. But I think it'll be more than that because life is more than that. And, and it'll be more like our life, but better because we're constantly interacting with God without sin. We don't live our lives out as a musical. Amen? I would love that in a lot of different ways just to see, just as Aaron, Aaron's kids laughed when he says he don't sing poetry, if Aaron just burst into song, I would love to see that from time to time. It would be amazing. We don't go to the copy machine singing praises to our God as we run our copies or walk into our office. But we are encouraged to have encounters with God our Father and to Christ the Lamb that stir us into worship. As we set our eyes on the center of our throne, this is what we get to see. We get to seek and behold the throne of God for all its might and its worth. And its might and its worth come from God the Father and Jesus, His one and only Son, who gave Himself up for us. The throne and God's Holy Spirits that come forth from the throne and into the world we get to worship God for that. This throne, in this throne room, are the only one that will never end. In many ways, as we worship here on earth, we are practicing for eternity. So I pray for us, grace and mercy, that we might, that our lives might make sense in the light of Jesus and in the light of Jesus only. I pray that we may live our lives out as priests who are offering our lives as a song to the one we serve. And I would suggest that our lives would be much blander without Jesus and without these songs that we sing to Him. So Jesus, we thank You that we can see You more fully because of this picture. We thank You that we can come and we can worship before Your throne, that You give us a picture into Your throne room. Lord, I pray that as we learn to worship, we may see all the ways that you are worthy, all the blessings that you have been, and that as we see you more fully, we may sing to you, and that our lives will be lived out as songs to your glory and to your fame forever and ever. 
In Jesus' name, amen.